0: And thank you for tuning in. You're listening to The Sound Barrier, Northeast State's official podcast, where we'll be breaking the barrier by getting to know some of our faculty, staff, and students. This is your host, Matthew Poole, and joining us today is Carson Billy, gym assistant for the college. Thank you for being with us today, Carson. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. For sure. So, Carson, tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you originally from the area? I actually grew up in Lancaster, Ohio, and then we moved down to
1: Johnson City around, I was probably around 10 my dad's job actually got outsourced, so he came down here for a gotcha. job, and that's kind of what it brought us to the area. Okay. So did you graduate high
0: school in, in the area as well?
1: I did. It was I did a mix of online and, obviously, dual enrollment at Northeast State to finish up. So it was a, kind of an experience
0: in itself there. Very nice. So you, you mentioned that you did go to Northeast yourself, or you, you at mm-hmm. least took some dual enrollment classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, where did you finish your journey at? I uh,
1: actually got my associates at Northeast State, so I dual enrolled, got my associates in applied sciences, and then I took that to ETSU to get a bachelor's in physical education, uh, concentrated in exercise science, and then I'm currently uh, in occupational therapy
0: program at Chamdo University. Very nice. So what brought you to Northeast State back, I should say, to Northeast State specifically? I think for me, I was never
1: really the person who liked big Open areas, a lot of people in Northeast State had that smaller community vibe I was looking for. It had the smaller classes where I wasn't just going to be a student ID number, and you know, people actually really got to know you. So I think that was very attractive for me. And um, you know, just being here at Northeast State, I noticed a lot of people are willing to dedicate their time to you and help you to get where you want to go. where you need to be on your journey, so it really laid a strong foundation for me, and I definitely, uh, it, I'm more than happy that I came here, and this is where I began my journey and able to work now as well.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's amazing, and I, and I couldn't relate more. I, I went to Northeast State myself the, mm-hmm. my first two years, and I couldn't imagine going anywhere else, at least beginning my, my college career. So but as far as your work experience with Northeast, how did, how did you come back to Northeast State as an employee? Uh, Well, I graduated with my bachelor's,
1: obviously, in physical education, and I took a couple months off, I think about six, just kind of getting ready to apply for graduate programs and see where that went, but I also wanted to uh, see about getting a job in the area I was passionate about, you know, physical education. And I saw Northeast State had a job open for a gym assistant, and I applied, and um funny enough i actually knew mark originally before i got the job i met him at the gym at the wellness center which is where i started working out when i was about probably 12 or 13 and uh, he was one of the three people that interviewed me and we just i think i was able to kick it off with other people on the panel as well and it was just a blessing to be able to come back here and bring my passion for physical education to northeast state
0: for sure yeah uh, we're, we're very fortunate to have you and, and you're definitely a, a bear for life. And uh, that's something I want to get started is we, we got University of Tennessee, we got Vols for Life. We I want you, I want uh, to consider the people who come back to Northeast and, and to, who are advocates for us to be considered bears for life. So you're definitely a bear for life, man. Uh, so outside of work, what are some of your interests and hobbies? I Well, I, obviously I love working out. I've actually recently
1: picked up running, which isn't necessarily one of my favorite hobbies but I told myself I was going to do it so just being a little bit determined there to get that ball rolling. Um, I've also enjoyed playing guitar as something I've also taught myself to do. I think I started probably about when I was 21. It was an instrument I always wanted to learn but I started on that basis of playing the piano which is at first I wanted to do that and then it kind of grew into now I really want to just play guitar so kind of got into that and I really enjoy volunteering at a many miracles pediatric occupational therapy That's they awesome. they offer all kinds of different therapies there a physical therapy speech therapy just really work with the kids there to help develop their skills and get them where they want to be and you know open up that opportunity to accomplish their goals and dreams and just speak to that occupational justice view allowing people to do what they want and uh, not holding back uh, just because of their condition or whatever it might be and then um in addition to that, I just really enjoy helping people in my spare time, doing some side jobs and gaining those experiences. Uh, just doing those jobs, I might not typically do, but just learning from that and taking it with me.
0: Yeah, I, I can relate to that, and definitely broadening your horizons and taking mm-hmm. up, you know, jobs that you wouldn't consider maybe getting into. But you, there's always something mm-hmm. to learn, and, and that's mm-hmm. uh, something that I can definitely appreciate on on your end. and you, you definitely stay busy. You're, yeah. you're somebody who stays busy. So. I, th- I think that's
1: uh, something that's important. You know, We go through life, and I think you, know, you go into class, and you're expected to know the answers, and you think in life you need to know things, but life is an experience, and if we knew everything, we wouldn't get to enjoy that experience. So part of life is embracing the unknown and just learning from it and taking it with you.
0: Well said. That that is some definitely good wisdom that I, I think our listeners can can take away from from this podcast. Mm-hmm. So like we mentioned, super busy, you you keep yourself busy. And not only are you, are you working, you're volunteering and uh, engaging in your hobbies, but you mentioned previously, you're also pursuing your doctorate of occupational Mm -hmm. therapy again through Shenandoah University. Yes, Shenandoah University.
1: It's up in Winchester,
0: Virginia. Okay. So uh, do you care to give us a little bit of background as to what specifically occupational therapy is and Mm -hmm. why do you consider OT an often misunderstood Mm -hmm. job?
1: Yeah, it's uh it's a very broad field, but it's also kind of a newer field as well. It wasn't really conceptualized until about 1921. So, you know, about what about 100 years yeah. it's been around. <laughs> so it's it's been obviously around before that, but it wasn't the scope of it wasn't defined and by scope I mean what they wanted to do and what they needed to do and what they brought to uh just people they wanted to serve, you know. Um so when it comes to defining occupational therapy. It's one of those fields that in the 1970s and 80s and 90s, that's when it really started to pick up what it it brought to health professions and what it brought to people in general. And um, just in that in itself, the newness, I think, is what kind of throws people off a little bit. You know, it's not something that uh, people would expect to see in certain settings, and they often confuse it with physical therapy, which... Is yeah. uh, you know, it's understandable, but physical therapy is more about, um, uh, looking at people's ability to move their body in order to perform an activity where occupational therapy is more concerned about the person's performance abilities to do an activity. So you got a gross motor, those large body movements, like throwing a football, that's more PT, but OT is looking at, you know, Hey, can you like what's your cognitive ability, Ah. fine motor, like can you, are you good with pinching things? You know, like what are the abilities you need to perform that activity rather than just the movement? Yeah. And, um, I, and I think that's something that, you know, obviously defines it from PT to OT, but in addition, occupational therapy, we hear the word occupation, and immediately we go, ah, oh, you're a job therapist, you know? It's like, oh, I, you're a gym assistant. That's a, you help people get jobs or something, you know? But occupations really refer to anything you do on a daily basis. There's actually many different sense. domains. So rest and sleep, play, participation. Uh, as far as social participation, uh, you got, um, oh gosh, work. You got education. Those are all domains that have a broad amount of activities within them that you're doing on a daily basis. So when you're brushing your teeth, when you're talking to other people, when you're uh, managing your financials or driving your car, those are all occupations that you're doing on a daily basis. And in its simplest term, occupational therapy, uh, people want to get to know their client. They want to be able to bring what motivates them into the treatment and get to know their environment, their context, more about the person, what's supporting them, what's Uh, providing a barrier and how can we get them back to doing what they want to do what motivates them what they need to do on a daily basis
0: wow yeah truthfully my my aunt she's an occupational therapist Mm -hmm. as well and I've never really researched into the differences between occupational therapy and physical therapy and I think there's a lot of misconceptions between, Mm -hmm. and people don't realize that they are separate entities. They are, they have their own, you know, separate place in the medical field. And, you know, I I think that you literally just cleared the air for me. I -hmm. I, I know a a ton more about occupational therapy now, which is why I think having you on the podcast is excellent because you can provide that real world knowledge as you're, as you're going through your education.
1: I try to, but the other thing is I think occupational therapy doesn't just speak to the medical field but it also okay. speaks to community health and population health. they, they can be anywhere right. so they can even be consultants for you know designing a college campus to be accessible and inclusive so really broadening out and seeing that bigger horizon for what i'm sure even pt could do as well but just zooming out with any profession seeing see. the bigger impact they
0: can make yeah that I see what mm-hmm. you mean now because it, it's not – occupational therapy isn't limited, you know, mm-hmm. and it's – and see, again, that's my own bias right there is, you know, I, going into the conversation, I thought occupational therapy was just for the medical field, and mm-hmm. it's, it's much greater than that, and uh, I appreciate you clearing the air, man. So, so, Carson, you you mentioned that you volunteer at the Many Miracles Pediatric Therapy. Mm-hmm. What was something that you uh, thoroughly – which was something that you thoroughly enjoyed taking part in? Um, and so you – Moving forward, would like to venture into pediatric occupational therapy?
1: Yes. Okay. I, I would like, if if it ever came to it, I would like to own my own practice uh, for a pediatric clinic. Uh, obviously, that's going to involve a lot more learning on my side, getting to know the business management side and everything. But pediatric therapy, I think, is something that really uh, just was enjoyable for me to be able to see these kids come in with these um, different motivations with the creativity they had and you know they they were just always positive with their energy and you could tell that they were ready to learn they wanted to do greater things and be on to be one of the people who could help bring out that skill in them bring out their abilities bring out that individual that they're going to become is something that
0: I think is just uh, a priceless experience for sure I mean I, I can already tell You're going to make such a huge impact no matter where you work, but uh, especially are you. Let me let me back up for just a moment and ask you, are you planning on staying in the area or do you see yourself venturing out? If
1: I if I ever got a job opportunity at Many Miracles to start out, I could definitely see myself going there and uh, enjoying that. I don't think I could pass it up. Uh, At the same time, I've also thought about maybe, you know, kind of broadening my horizon, seeing about getting more experience in other areas. I think that's something I've kind of been asking myself as well. But uh, I think in my journey, I've always had these gut feelings that uh, I know where I want to be when I know. It's like I know I'm being pulled somewhere. I might not know where in the moment, but eventually I'll get that feeling. I'm like, uh, that's where I want to be. It's happened with, obviously, this job. It's happened with some other jobs I've had it happened with the Shenandoah University I knew I saw the college I was like well that's where I want to go and uh I guess maybe that's part of my determination is once I get my mind set on something I I go for it and I do what I can to make sure that it works out so I don't know exactly where I'll be yet but
0: um I'm I'm excited to learn that myself for sure and it's it's good to you know, have an idea of where you'd like to, but again, you're, you're mm-hmm. kind of seeing where the road takes you and where the, mm-hmm. and, and where the moment, whenever it feels right, you're, you're mm-hmm. going to go for it. And I, I share that same perspective. I, I've h- had moments in my life just like that, where it's like, okay, this is definitely the route for me. It's almost mm-hmm. like a gut decision, but at the same time, you know, things just feel right. And, mm-hmm. and you know, that they're just going to work out for oh, the yeah. best. I always so, say
1: you end up where you're supposed to be. So it's, one of those things where, in a moment, you might be sad you missed out
0: on an opportunity, but in the long run, it, it's going to put you where you need to be. I love that. I love that. So now I'm going to turn the page here, and I'm going to get mm-hmm. some free personal training uh, and future doctor advice. <laughs> so, what are some exercises that you suggest for anyone who's experiencing a mental or physical rut during this pandemic? Oh gosh, I think I think that's a
1: question that speaks to myself. It, just in general, I'm so used to going out in a different environment to work out and having to switch that to home for that first initial period of being in the pandemic was was tough because you're taking all your you know ways to get out of the house and bringing those environments into the house and it's all in one area so it's not like you're just you know relaxing inside you're working out you may be working from home and you don't really get to expand outside of that it's like everything's yeah. in one spot now but uh i think for me It's finding your motivation, and it it comes with a lot of planning. So making sure you're scheduling time to work out, making sure that you're scheduling your, well, programming your goals, rather, to be uh, conducive to what you want to do. Because a lot of times we set goals, but we only set that long-term goal, that end destination, and we forget about the journey to get there. Exactly. when you set those long-term goals, you don't get to see your growth. And that's, I think, what stifens your motivation because you're just like, oh, I want to go to the gym. I want to gain weight. I want to get big. But how do you measure that? You know, in exactly. in the journey, in that process, you, you might do that for a month and be like, well, I haven't gotten any bigger. But your, your goal might be to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger and you know how do you measure that right so short-term goals I find are very key you know it's easy to know what you want to do in the long run but it's like getting in a car you can't go somewhere without stopping to get gas every once in a while to reach your end destination so short-term goals I think are the best thing you can do when you're at home is just uh, you know looking at the long-term goal oh I want to gain weight I want to start gaining muscle okay so how do I do that well you know, I, what's your goal? You know, okay, let's, let's look at it from, you know, maybe a bench press. So you want to gain more weight on the bench press. So if you want to get towards 135, work, work your way up there. So you might be starting out 100 pounds, add five pounds a week. You know, it, it, that's something right. you can measure to get up to 135. And as you meet those short-term goals, you'll see that you're working towards your long-term goal. You can measure that. So writing down your short-term goals and just sorting
0: them out, I think, is the biggest key. Yeah, that makes complete sense, and that's very wise. Mm-hmm. So it's it you know having a goal is great, mm-hmm. but if you're not making active steps and creating a routine or those short-term wins, yes. you know the the long-term goal may and probably is just a lot more difficult to reach overall. Yeah. So. Well, even
1: for me, like my plan. The reason why I started running is I was like. Oh, I talked myself into doing a marathon, which I probably should have done, but I, I, that's what I did. And I'm like, when you start running, it's not like I could just easily go run 3.5 miles currently. So it, you know, I've, my first short-term goal was, okay, well, I'm going to run for two minutes, and then I'm going to walk for three minutes, run for two minutes, walk for three minutes. And that's something I can measure. That's something I can time out and see myself doing. And I can do that throughout the week. And then once I've done that for a week or two, I can say, okay, well, let's ramp it up to where I'm running for three minutes, walking for two minutes. And you can, like I said, you can just see yourself growing in that. Incremental
0: improvement. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So, Carson, I'm going to take a little bit of a turn of the page here and turn Mm -hmm. it back on you specifically. So, Carson, I want to know who is your hero and
1: why? That's a question that's tough to answer just because I don't think there's one person I could signal out. Uh, You know, family and friends, obviously, have played a huge part in me developing as a person I wanted to be. I don't think I could have gotten where I am today without learning something from each of them. So I think it's just my hero would probably be the social network I have in general, having those social social supports, people that you can learn from. But also, uh, you know, you learn from being a mentor as well. And you might not realize you're being a mentor in the moment. But there's also people in your social network that look towards you. So, you know, just every
0: person, I think, has played a role in getting me where I need to be. I I share that same perspective. And it's really difficult for myself, too, to really narrow down that one specific person. Mm -hmm. And whenever we talked briefly before the podcast, uh, whenever you mentioned it's the social network and the individuals who supported you, I was like, that's it. Mm -hmm. that's the reason I'm having such difficulty is because it's a combination of all the individuals who had that positive influence on my life. And Mm -hmm. that's where I'm at today. So I think that again was another, uh, another thing that I can, I can take away from this podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, you know, narrowing it down to one person. It's almost selfish in a sense, you know, it's like, how can I just pin it on one person? True, Because everybody's played an impact on my growth and the uh, development throughout life. You know, you learn, like I said, you learn something from everyone and you have different experiences
0: with each individual that play a role in how you act out life every day. Yeah. Well said. Well said. So to finish us up, finish us up, Carson, mm-hmm. another tough question. If you had to use one word to describe yourself, what would it be and why? Yeah.
1: You know, I, I've been going back and forth on this a lot. I. Like we talked about before we started the podcast, uh, the the personality tests that we took put me as a peacekeeper. And I think that is kind of a good word to describe it, but I, I think I've kind of been leaning more towards committed here recently. Um, just And, I, again, I think there's positive and negatives with any word that you choose for yourself, and that's something we can reflect upon and see where we need to grow. For example, if I said I was – a, wanted to use the word positive. Well, that might mean I've downplay other situations. I might, you know, may minimalize them as far as, you know, the problem being bigger than what it is. I might say, right. Oh, well, it's not as big as that, you know, don't worry about it. Right. So I think with any word there's positive and negatives, but for me committed, I think to uh, the person I want to become the journey that I want to take the people I want to help. Uh, committed to being loyal to being a good person in general but i think commitment also means that i can forget to be committed to myself at times because i'm so committed to serving others but it's an important thing to realize because if you can't grow within yourself realizing what you need it can be difficult to help others at times so uh I think Committed probably fits me currently. It might change going forward, uh, just as far as development goes. I think we're always moving in and out of phases and have different goals at different periods in our life. But uh, I think Committed speaks to
0: the person I am currently another well-said statement and a good one to finish on. Mm-hmm. Carson, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. You've mm-hmm. been a pleasure to speak with. Mm-hmm. Super excited to see what you accomplish. I know you're going to do nothing but great things in the future. And, uh, you know, I, I'm especially selfishly speaking, you know, I think uh, we uh, gained a working relationship and can't wait to to uh, continue to follow your journey, man. Oh, for sure. I'd love to
1: be on here again if you need me. I've enjoyed Absolutely. it. And uh, I hope the students just stay determined in their own journey and you know, realize they can accomplish their goals however long it takes. You know, it's, it's an experience. You're going to have those down times, but those are going to be what make you the better person that you are going forward. So just stay 100%.
0: determined, right? <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. Listeners, thank you all again for tuning in. We appreciate you listening. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you're listening from. Check us out at northeaststate.edu and thesoundbarrier.com. We'll talk at you next time as we continue to break the barrier.